Right now, everybody, can you do me a favor? And can you look at the person next to you and say, neighbor? Neighbor. neighbor. I'm excited to be here tonight. And listen, tonight is going down. But I want to let you know that we in this together. Go ahead, get the elbow, elbow high five. Let's go. Let's try it again. You got a second chance. Boom. Come on, somebody. Open up your Bibles. Why, yeah, here we go. We're going to preach. And man, if you missed out Sunday, please come this Sunday. We're in a move of God. I can't sit here. I'd be here all night explaining how Sundays have been for us, have been for our young adults. It's been incredible. Signs, wonders, miracles, all for the glory of God. Come on, somebody. Tonight we start a new sermon series. So this is what we do in church. We, 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 we take a couple topics, a couple weeks, and we focus on a couple topics. Um, man, would you pull your Bibles out to the book of John, chapter 11, and just pull your Bibles out. If you have a phone, go in the Bible app, pull it out. If you have a physical Bible, hello, we still here. If you got a physical Bible, can you show it to me in the house? There we go. There we go. All over the house, I see. So, If your phone glow, can you show it? If your Bible glows, can you show it to me one time? Hello, there we go. The saints is in the house. Let's make a shirt. All right. Somebody say, Jesus what? Jesus what? There's something packed in this verse. It's, it's one of the shortest verses in the Bible. Something packed in here that for the next two weeks, we're going to really dive in. Call tonight's message, Jesus Wept Part 1. If you'd give it a subtitle, it'd be Heart of God. Jesus Wept Part 1. Quick testimony. I'm on drums for sound check, and I'm like thinking, I'm like, man, I forgot to tell the worship team that I wanted to do Heart of God tonight. And then as we're rehearsing, Chris tells them, all right, guys, we're going to go into Heart of God. And I'm like, uh. It wasn't in the plan, wasn't in the schedule. Minutes before service, the worship team made the decision, called, made the choice, hey, we should do heart of God and fit it. And I'm telling you, tonight is God's, like, there's no coincidences. Like, tonight is an alignment for you. We said this a couple months ago. There's some alarms you should be aware of. There's some alarms that you shouldn't worry about. Your phone alarm, man, you shouldn't worry about that. A fire alarm, you need to get out of that building immediately. Tonight, the fire alarms are going off. This isn't, this isn't, this isn't your phone ringtone. This isn't, this isn't a, a, an alarm clock. This is the, the, fire, the, the fire alarms are going off because the buildings that some of you guys are putting your lives in is going to come crashing down very soon. Sometimes it's an alarm clock. Sometimes it's a, it's a siren. Somebody say the gospel according to John. just want to teach a little bit. So when you look at the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John... John, as it's written, it's, it's the gospel according to John. You gotta understand, the Bible is written by man, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. So it's the gospel according to John. The book of John, listen, if you don't read the Bible, I, I promise you, start reading the book of John. Um, especially for these next couple weeks, like from now to like next week, and then the week after that to the next week. We're just gonna be in the book of John just for a little while. We're just gonna skirt, skirt, park right there. You know what I'm saying? Park in the book of John. Listen, begin reading it at home. Begin just diving into what John is, because here's the thing. Uh, you gotta understand this. John stands out. So like you have the New, Old Testament, New Testament. New Testament starts with the first four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all reveal the life of Jesus, right? I mean, and some have different stories, different accounts to reveal different things. I want to give you a heads up. Those four Gospels are written to different audiences. 
but the Spirit speaks to all audiences. Come on, somebody. So John is writing, and here's the thing about his gospel, is that 90% of the material is unique from the other three. Mark is actually Peter's gospel, right? So Mark is, is, is the guy who's recorded to have, have actually penned and put it together, but it's Peter that was speaking to him. So Mark is the first book to be written. Uh, scholars believe the first book in Matthew and Luke follow kind of the same structure of the chronology of Jesus and what's going on in the Bible and his life and what's happening. And so, But John stands out just a little, like 90% of the material in John isn't found in the other three gospels. I'm telling you, there's a message in the book of John, what he's trying to write. Number one, uh, the first intent of the book of John. Number one, what he's trying to do, who he, what he's trying to give the people who are reading it is number one, the divinity of Christ. He's trying, you know, and when you look at divinity, you got to really see the word divine. Do you see it in there? Divine. Like he is who he says he is. He's not just man. He's, and as you read John, you'll notice, man, I, I, I notice he, he's talking about a lot about the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. Because as he's writing, his intent is to show Show the listener that Christ is not just a man. He's a hundred percent man. Yes, he is, but he is also a hundred percent God. And it needed to be a perfect man to die for for like all human sin yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It had to be a lamb, but it had to be a perfect lamb to, to, to cover our sins and remove our sin, really. To remove death in the grave, it had to be a perfect man, a perfect sacrifice, and Jesus ends up being the action plan of God to the world. Number one, number one verse, everyone knows John 3.16, for God so loved the world. You see, it's John trying to show you God loves, so he sends a divine son. Jesus is the action plan and the grace and the mercy of God personified. Number one, he's writing to show the church, show those who are listening, show those who are hearing his words that Jesus is not just a man. He's 100% God. He's divine. The second intent of the book of John. And as you're reading it, see, it's a big deal to know what they're writing about and what they're trying to say. Because if I, if I tell you something like, hey, uh, you know, give me dap, give me dap, give me dap. For someone, it's like, are you going to hit them? For, you know, for people who understand the context. And no, that's a handshake. That's a handshake. But if you understood the context, you know what he's trying to say. And many of us read the Bible without no context. So you don't know why he's writing it, who he's writing it to, and what time he's writing it. So you're taking something and you're bringing it to 2019, just, and it's just not working out. He writes for the divinity of Christ. Secondly, he writes for grace and love. That's what he says. God has this. Jesus is grace. You guys with me? So in John 11, 33, you have those verses, Jesus wept. I mean, those, those verses, I mean, they're, they're very famous in the world and in the Bible, those who believe, those who don't believe. But what's interesting to me is that the story of Lazarus, right? So why did Jesus weep? Because his homie died. His homie Lazarus, he, he passed. And Jesus literally weeps. He weeps. And it's a powerful moment because we see the heart of God revealed in Jesus. We see the heart of God revealed in Jesus. We see the heart of God revealed in Jesus. I have a question for you. Do you really know the heart of God? 2019, we're in the fall of 2019. Man, this year's gone by so fast. But can I tell you this much? A lot of people claim to know the heart of God. But you can see the truth of their statements when you attach their words with their actions. 
Because if you knew the heart of God, you'd know that even when you fall, he's open for you. His arms are wide open. If you really knew it, if you really knew it. Here's my feel, my feel. Here's my fear. My fear is, so some of us say we know Jesus, we don't know him. Say we know the heart of God, we don't know him. I was watching a video, it was really funny. Um, how, any Laker fans in the house? Any, anybody like the Lakers? All going to heaven, hello somebody, come on. We go in first. Pray for us. It's a big season coming up. Anyways, there's a video of Kyle Kuzma. He has like a basketball camp. He's one of the players there. Um, he's the dude that takes the pictures like that. Um, this dude is running a basketball camp. I saw the funniest video, it blew me away. Cal Kuzma's running this basketball camp. So it's called the Cal Kuzma Basketball Camp. If you, ladies, that's just, it's a basketball player's name, all right? I'm not speaking in tongues, not yet. Um, so Cal, Cal, Cal Kuzma, shit about Honda. Cal Kuzma, <laughs> take a large macchiato, grande de de de. Cal Kuzma, Cal Kuzma, it's his camp. Like, it's his camp. And a kid, this is so funny, uh, uh, a little kid comes out to him, he's like, he hits, he hits Kyle Kuzma. He has no idea that this is, like, this guy's camp. Like, it's Kyle Kuzma's camp, and Kyle Kuzma, he's standing right next to this little jit. And the jit, he's just waiting, and you see his face, he's so mad. And he hits the guy, he's like, hey, man, what Kyle Kuzma? What's Kyle Kuzma? And Kyle Kuzma looks at the kid, he's like, I'm Kyle Kuzma. Like, no, you're not. And then Kaku's like, yes, I am. He's like, no, you're not. He, Kaku, he, he has hair don't look like that. He's like, he's looking at the kid like, look at this. So he, he takes the kid. You guys see the video. He takes the kid. He goes up to another leader. And he's like, tell this kid, this is my camp. And the kid looks at the, 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 uh, one of the directors. Director looks at the kid. He's blown away at the kid. He's like, what? The kid's like, is that Kyle Kuzma? He looks at the kid. He's like, no, that's not Kyle Kuzma. And the kid's like, I told you you ain't Kyle Kuzma. And then the director and Kyle Kuzma start dying laughing, like, yo, this kid's crazy. He's chilling with the dude who's running this thing, even though I'm here. He says he knows who I am, but I'm standing right next to him, and he don't even know what my voice is like. And can I tell you, church, there's moments in life when I'm like, yo, you depressed, God meets you right there. Do you understand that? Yo, you're dealing with that struggle? You don't have to deal with that no longer. Do you know who your Jesus is? Do you know who your Jesus is? Pastor, I haven't, I haven't been given yet to church. I haven't, I, haven't been do, I haven't been doing it yet. Do you know that God owns everything? Because if you knew it, your claims will really be matched up with your actions. And people try to meet Jesus and cut corners. People try to meet Jesus and be lazy. People try to be Jesus and be prideful. You can't be prideful if your leader is humble. Do you know that you're Jesus? Let's go back to, you know, when, when they used to teach in Sunday school. Do you know that your Jesus was born in a manger? He wasn't born in Windermere. He, didn't, he wasn't born in DP Hospital, nope. Chil ch children, nope, nope. El Campo, that's where he was born. <laughs> Amazing. Luke, Luke, so Luke, a go the gospel according to Luke. Let's put Luke. Luke is very intellectual. If you like to think, if you like numbers, if you like stats, if you like facts, if you like, right? That's Luke, right? He's, he's there, he's there. I, I love the way he writes this gospel because it's very specific. He's like, yo, this is legit. Luke chapter 2, verse 7. Let's go. And she gave birth to her firstborn, 
a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, your leader, your Savior, the guy who rose on the third day, right? With the holes in his hands. He, he rose on the third day and for 40 days. He was going around showing people, hey, this is me. I'm here. Look, look, look. You, remember you doubted me? And all those witnesses that get together and that's how, you know, documents are formed and, and, and history is made. Did you know that? So the Bible checks off historically. It's legit. But what's funny to me is that we, we forget that Jesus, when he was born, there was no hotel room for him. Imagine Mary, like literally, ah, ah, let me in. The guy's like, we ain't got no room for you, Shouty. He's just like, oh my God. That's your Jesus, scandalous. That's wild. He was born, and it was like, like pig, like, 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 like oh, the savior of the universe, born where animals lay their heads. And we've got Christians waiting to be a certain amount of time in Christ for them to get a mansion. Waiting to clock in prayer and fasting to get blessings. Do you know who your Jesus is? He's born in a manger. Number two, he's a servant, king. That's why he's like someone we've never seen before. Because we've never seen those words together until Jesus shows up. Matthew 20, the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Jesus, as the Son of Man, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. I had another one. Matthew chapter 23, verse 11. The greatest among you, is Jesus talking, shall be your servant. He's the best one in the group. The dude who actually sacrifices. The dude who shows up when you need him. The dude who who's actually, hey, I got this one. Hey, I got you. Hey, I'll go the extra mile. He's actually the greatest among you because he's the servant. It looks like me the most. Mark, the gospel according to Mark, chapter 6, verse 3. This is for all, all the lazy people who, who want to like, be Christian and not have jobs. Listen, Jesus was a carpenter. Isn't, isn't this the, the carpenter? They called Jesus the friend of sinners. They called Jesus Messiah. They called Jesus, uh, uh, they called him, I mean, the prophets. They're quoting him, and he's a fulfillment. And isn't it funny that some people still called him the carpenter? He had a job. Jesus had a job. And you think the answer is quitting everything to just be holy and get paid from heaven. May the dollars come rain from the heavens. As they sing in this place. Man, get a job. And be good at your job. Because Jesus was a great carpenter. God, imagine you walk by God like making a chair. Aren't you supposed to be doing something else? No, 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 I understand responsibility. I was with the prophet after, after Sunday at my house. was chilling. He's like, listen, um... I got something to tell you. More people in your church need to be a little more bored. What? Bored, bored, like cutting things off. So you got all this free time. You're like, what am I going to do? And then you'll see God do something in your life. You see, this isn't stuff that saves you. This is stuff that takes you to another level. To be saved, you need faith in Jesus. But my man, to, to, to go to the next level. I used to do that. I can't do it no more. Oh, we used to talk like that. Oh, you don't know. We don't do that no more. I, I used to respond that way and react with violence and fits of anger. But no, that's not me. 
Somebody say the heart of God. Just think about that video. Like, you're Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, it's possible to be near him but not aware. It's possible to be near Jesus and completely unaware of it. So if you're here tonight, I want to let you know Jesus is in the room. The Spirit is here. And you're one prayer away from your eternity being completely different. And if you believe in that, can you give praise in this house to Jesus? Come on, if you've been saved, if you said yes to Jesus, oh, you can do a bit better than that. If you, if you confessed that God is your Lord. Isn't it funny? You could be near him but not aware. You could be around him but unaware of his nature. You could be around him so you know things kind of look like Jesus, but you wouldn't know if it's Jesus. You guys with me? Okay, let's read. Verse 11. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. John chapter 11. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. I'm reading verse 1. Somebody say Lazarus. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. You see, this Mary, I love the Bible, it's so specific. This Mary. Uh, so this is John. Remember, John, why is he writing? He's writing to show you the divinity of Christ and the grace and love of Jesus Christ. That's his intent. Let's keep reading. So he's, he's left the, the village of Mary and her sister Martha, verse 2. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So now we're getting a little specific. So we got Mary and we got her sister Martha. You see, this Mary is the brother of Lazarus. And this Mary is also the one that we sing about with the alabaster. There we go. So she pours out. You know, don't be angry if I wipe his feet with my tears. We've been saved a little long. You know that song. So that's the woman who, you know, you know, she she breaks her her cologne and her perfume, very expensive, and she cries and she wipes. So this is she. She knows Jesus. She knows his power. She knows he's Lord, right? Verse three. So the sisters sent word. So so the woman who who, who kind of came close to God, close to Jesus, her life changed. She had a moment with Jesus, and they were trying to kick her out of the room. Jesus was like, no, look, she's actually doing what you're all supposed to be doing, right? So she's been around Jesus. She knows Jesus. She has a brother named Lazarus. So if you already know that, you know this is already a little juicy. Verse four. When he heard this, right? Uh, let's go. Verse 3. So the sister, the sister sent to the Lord, Lord, the one you love is sick. All right, so let's look at the timeline, understanding that God is outside of time. Can I step into this real quick? So while we're reading this story, we're going to read the timeline of, of the events. But here's what's funny God is outside of the timeline. So he acts and he talks and he says things, but his mentality, who he is, his essence is completely outside of time and aware of everything. He's 100% man and he's 100% God. So as we go through the timeline, understand he's outside the timeline and that reveals his heart. You guys with me? When he heard this, yo, your boy is sick. Lazarus, yeah, my brother, he's sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. And right there, skeptics go, okay, Jesus lied because he ended up dying. No, he didn't lie. He said it won't end in death. It may have ended up him dying, but it didn't end in death because at the end, he rose up on the third. You guys with me? He wasn't really dead. He's, he was, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Verse 5, you guys with me? Now, Jesus loved Martha. Somebody say loved. Like, John is, is really obsessed with this idea of love. He literally says, um, John is the one that Jesus loved. Like, that's how he writes about himself. Like, Jesus loved me. You know, that, he loves Jesus. So, so he, you see love a lot. Now, Jesus loves Martha and her sister and Lazarus, right? So before the death comes, before Jesus watched them weep and watched them and everything happens, John's already setting the platform. Hey, Jesus already loves them. So 
And that covers the base that says, man, why do bad things happen to good people? Listen, God still loves those people. Verse 6. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. He knows what he's doing. Homie, your boy's sick. It's bad. It's real bad. He's your boy. And it's bad. Jesus is like, he ain't going to die. Relax. Bye, all right, y'all. We're going to be here for two days. Why, why is Jesus waiting? Verse 7, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. You guys with me? Timeline. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews, they had to try to stone you, and yet you're going back. Jesus answered. Oh. So Jesus, you're going to go through some trouble on your way to, to, to do something out of love. That's what you're doing right now. You're going to go back to a dangerous place because you love some people. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, but for they see by this world's light, it is when a person walks at night that they stumble for they have no light. That's Jesus answering in gangster. Uh, he's literally saying, listen, boy, I'm going to do what I do because I, I love God. And it may seem like a bad situation to you, but the Spirit, the Father, is commanding me to go. Verse 11, after he said this, he went to all of them. He said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. Jesus, he's going to die. All right, just relax. He's, gonna, he's, he's not going to end in death. They walk away. Hey, we're going to hang out here for two days. Yo, he's dead. Why did Jesus wait? Notice Jesus didn't say he died. He said he fell asleep. So dead things to a lot of people may just be asleep depending whose eyes you got. Your eyes are God's eyes. What in your life needs to be revived? Wake up. You say it's dead. Jesus said it's just, it's just sleeping. And, and my voice will wake up anybody. Verse 12, his disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought that he meant natural sleep. As, as Jesus speaking, they're like, we don't understand you. 14, so then he told them plainly, all right, he says, y'all don't get it. Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. So you know he's going to end up raising Lazarus from the dead, but understand that he says, I love this. He says, listen, I, I actually stood here so that, so that you would believe because if I was there when he died, he would have never died. Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, for you, disciples, for you, for you, for you, for you, I'm glad I wasn't there. Because if he died while I was in the room, I would have told him, hey, get out of here, get death out of here. But I had to wait because I wouldn't be able to handle that. Because I love my boy Lazarus. So I'm, I'm glad for your sake that I stood here it's not okay for me that my homie, my brother is asleep and this is the message of the gospel Plain, plainly it's just shown simple, verse 16 then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us, let, let us also go that we may die with him Jake, 17 there's room in the church for people who you know think like Thomas. Verse 17. On his arrival, uh, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. 
Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. Watch this. When Martha heard that Jesus, so this is the Martha that was like, yo, listen, my brother's sick. I never really talked to you about, you know, sickness and stuff, because I know you could really handle it, but yeah, this is for real. Uh, he's sick, and he's like, give me a couple days. It ended up being four days. He's been dead four days, and Martha sees Jesus from a while. He sees him from afar. He's like, that was the dude that I cried with. That's the dude that saved me. That's the dude that loves me. Why, why did he come so late? Jesus Puerto Rican or something. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, we start at 8.30. Verse 21, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been there, Jesus, my brother would not have died. That's probably what happened, right? You're tripping, Jesus. But I know that even God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha knows theology. I know he will rise again in the day, in the resurrection at the last day when the trumpet sounds and Jesus calls us home. She has, she, she, you know, she's theologically right. She here. I know he's going to rise again. Jesus is like, no, 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 no. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you're the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called Sister Mary by her side. She said, the teacher is here and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly, went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but he was still at a place where Martha uh, and Mary had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. So now a group is, is forming, right? People watch, it's getting scandals. People getting up and running out. Like, why is she so extra? Is she going back to the tomb? Let's go follow. This is kind of crazy. And then uh, Jesus is coming through. This is like a little scene going on, right? When Mary reached the place where Jesus saw him, so Mary and Martha and Jesus are now on the same place she fell on her feet and she said Lord if you had been there you're so late my brother would not have died when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled and he asks where have you laid him come and see Lord they replied Jesus then the Jews said, see how he loved them. Not a coincidence, Jesus waited for a crowd to form. It's not a coincidence that two people say Jesus is late, the guy's, the guy's dead, and Jesus shows up. It's not, Jesus wasn't late. Jesus said to the disciples, I'm a, something's going to happen, and it's, it's for you to understand my heart. Something's going to happen, Listen, I'm going to let it happen, and I'm telling you, it's going to literally hurt me. And, and this is for your benefit, but I don't want to do this. Reminds me when Jesus is about to be taken into the hands of the Romans and be taken to Calvary to be murdered. He makes a prayer. He says, Lord, if there's any other way this could happen, I know the whips that are coming. I know the pain that's coming. I know the trials that are coming. And he ends that prayer off with, your will be done. He goes into whipping. He goes, they're spitting on his face. Put a crown of thorns on his head. That's your, that's your leader. That's your master. They mocked him. They spit in his face. At any moment, he could have just flicked his fingers like that and just they noticed them into, out of existence. 
at any moment. He could have just sent angels to literally slice them up. Or just in a moment, just like ship them straight to hell. But he says, even these that persecute me, I love. Even these that put the crown of thorns on my head, my blood runs down for. Here's my last point tonight. Listen, you've been hurt tonight. Things have come to your life, and they've really affected you. They've probably rocked your foundation. But listen, this is the end. I'm ending right here. Jesus loves you like he didn't see it coming. He's there with you. Holding your hand. And he says, yo, this hurts me too. And I love you. I know you're struggling with this and you feel like you can't get out. Listen, it hurts me too. And this is why I, this is why I, I give sin a name. You know that? The reason why I give sin a name is because sin is unhealthy for you and the people around you. So you being addicted, yeah, that, that hurts you. It hurts me too. I don't want to see you addicted. I don't want to see you addicted. No, I don't want to see you hurting. I don't want to see you in pain. I don't want to see you bitter. I want to, I want to love you. I want to raise you up. I want to set you free. I want to give you a life the world can't give you. And just because things happen to you, that doesn't mean I don't, I don't love I love you. I love you. I love you. Jesus, knowing all things, he's still wet. He's still wet. Jesus knowing, listen, and, and next week we'll keep preaching this. Jesus knowing that you're going to go through pain, he said, man, I don't even want to do this right now, for real. But disciples, this is for y'all to know that I have power over death. I have power over sin. So the next time you approach some demons and devils and situations, you know that your Jesus has overcome the grave. I really don't want to give myself up, but it's this is the only way that you can stand up. Because you deserve this. You're supposed to die. You're supposed to experience the consequence of your sin. But listen, I'll take it all. That you can stand up and lay down the sin that so easily besets you. I had another conversation with the prophet. I mean, we just had so many conversations. Conversation was listen, this is gonna help some people. What what is the things that you do that you agree with? What are the things you do like in your head that you'll never do, right? That you'll never do. What is it? What give me a list of things you would never do. I mean, I'd never I would never like really like like kill someone. That's hard. I, I wouldn't, I don't think I'll get mad enough, like so mad. Like, people, like, come on, you took it too far, bro. You'd have to kill your brother because you lost in 2K. I'm not going to do that. What, what, what did I just make a decision? I made a decision. I made a decision to step out of that. This is who I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be that guy that's one, one little ratchet situation away from killing somebody. That's not me. I don't want to be that. I'm never going to be that. And so what is it for you that you'll just, you'll just never do? I would never rape a young person, a young child. I would never lay my hands on a child. That's something I would never do, Pastor. I would never do that. So you got a list of stuff you'll never do, right? But here's the problem. When the list of the never do's are shorter than the list of the things you find pleasure with. Because what happens when you got to let go of something that you don't want to let go of? What happens when you got to walk away from something you don't want to walk away from? 
What happens when God's like, yo, for me to take it to another level, you got to lay this, this, this thing down. You got you to gotta step out of it and you got to make a decision in your heart. This is who I'm not going to be. Pastor, I can't change. That's the life of the enemy. There's some things you won't do. Just grow that list. There's some things you know you'll never do. You'll never be that person. Just grow that list, and God will lead you, and God will guide you, and God will raise you up. So when you show up to his camp, you don't have to worry. You know who, exactly who he is, where he is, how he's moving, how he's talking. And now he's bringing change into your life. It's in John 3.16. God so loved the world. Same writer, the gospel according to John. His two main just points of activity is, listen, Jesus, he's who, he is who he says he is. Number two, he loves you so much. For God so loved the world, he gave his son. Not just his son, because he had 30, and he gave the one he didn't want. He gave the only son. He only had one son, and he gave him. I don't have kids yet, but man. Touch my kid already. Like, he, he's not here yet, but don't touch my kid. Jesus was sent by God, one and only son, that whoever believes... In him will not perish, but have eternal life. Tonight's not about how to be more religious. I hope you just get in your head that God loves you. Stop giving reasons and excuses on why he doesn't love you. He loves you. Let me encourage you a little more. He loves you more today than he ever will. Right now, he loves you. Right? It's the most, the most ever. He'll love you right now. And we think to do things, and if I do that, and if I do that, and if I say that, and if I wear that, then the church will recognize me, and God will love me, and I'll be recognized. No, right there where you're at, God loves you like you're the only person in the world. Do you understand that? He loves you. He loves you. On that cross, you know who's in his mind? You were in his mind. You were in his mind. The good, you the bad, you the ugly, you the part that you want to just say, God, I can't go to church because of this. God's like, listen, that actually qualifies you to be saved. It's when you're actually dying in the water. It qualifies you to be saved. Max, everyone to bother heads. This, tonight's a night of deliverance be, be, because God is in the room and the Holy Spirit is here and he's telling you, listen, I love you so much. do something we usually don't do and listen we're gonna just sing a song heart of God if you know it sing along if you don't just close your eyes and meditate in this moment don't fall asleep we're here tonight we're not gonna be longer I know you got work tomorrow school tomorrow but listen tonight was a divine appointment 11 guests listen you didn't end up here you didn't just end up here God had a, an appointment for you unless you know that he loves you this is a place for you this is a place for you we're not gonna judge you we're gonna walk with you we're not going to judge your steps. We're going to walk with you in this journey. As being who it is God called us to be.